Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Ovias. It's National Signing Day, and coaches are losing their mind. Name images like this is not helping. You'll hear a doozy from Dabo Sweeney, head coach of Clemson, on what they've built Clemson on in regards to name, image, and likeness. The Carolina Hurricanes continue to roll. Peter Kochekov, I think, finally last night went national. Finally, for real, for real, went national with a win over the New Jersey Devils. Let's log on to the internet, shall we? There's a cough button, Joe. There's a cough button. It's brought to you by Geico. You have a choice of ways that you can save on car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Go online to geico.com or stop by the Geico office nearest you. Let's get it. Let's skip straight to the good stuff. Carlos Correa originally had, we thought, agreed to a 13-year deal with the San Francisco Giants. Yeah. Oh, no. According to a source, after some issues potentially with Correa's physical Mm -hmm. issues on the Giants side, we should point out. Yeah. Correa ends up with a 12-year, $315 million deal with the... New York Mets. Steve Cohen did it again. Steve Cohen did not go after Aaron Judge, but he has pretty much gone after everyone else. Yeah. The Mets are throwing good money after good money here, in my opinion. Okay. With Correa. Remember, he was outstanding with the Astros. Astros didn't want to pay him, though. So he signed a short-term deal with the Twins. That that deal included an opt-out. This comes here comes the opt-out. And now here comes the Mets. This is twice now that the Giants seemed poised to have this huge signing splash, right? Because Aaron, yes. Ju- Aaron Judge Aaron was Judge was supposed to be a Giant. John, poor John Heyman had to edit tweets like five different times uh, in the aftermath of that, and he ends up signing a deal with the New York Yankees. And he was named captain today. Correct. Was it the second ever captain for the New York Yankees? Uh, yeah. How does Jeter, that work? Jeter, Thurman Munson. How does that work? Know if they actually never made Jeter. Yeah. Okay. I, I it's th- it'll be third. I mean, I think Thurman Munson okay. is definitely third captain. captain. Gotcha. So, yeah, this is twice now for the Giants. Um, and because the Mets did a good, the Yankees are just beside themselves, right? Steve Cohen's the worst thing that could have happened in New York because usually the Mets are the ones that were the punching bag. The Mets were the ones that were just going to do stupid things. Cohen seems to be doing smart things. And now the Yankees fans are freaking out. Don't believe me? This was a call into Geo, Boomer and Geo. This morning on WEEI, we got the uh, we got the tweet in the doc. No, Dennis. not WEEI. No, I'm sorry, WFAN. Even I, got, I know that's I got, the Boston. I got station. I got my I got my crazy <laughs> northeastern corridor sports talk radio stations mixed up. My bad. But this was on Boomer and Geo. This is a call this morning in reaction to the Correa deal for the Mets. Arterett, what's going on, Dan? Hey, good morning. What's up? Um, I got a problem with this uh, this late night deal for the Mets here. <laughs> okay, right? I, 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 there's something very fishy about this. Okay, I mean late night deals. I've been watching sports my whole life, just like you guys have. When you ever hear of a player failing a physical, he didn't fail a physical. He didn't fail a physical. So it was an is- issue with his physical. Or the something doctors like that. cleared him. The doctors cleared him, and it was the team that said that they had a problem with it. So the, the Giants executives had a problem with the doctors disagreed with them. 
Yeah, but you don't hear something like this happening, and then all of a sudden another team swoops in and gets a, a high-profile player. It's fishy. Uh, so what, what would be fishy about it? What are you implying happened? Steve Cohen hasn't tweeted anything since November 9th. He only liked that one tweet on December 12th. So let me ask you, money. what do you think is going on? <laughs> what is the end game here, Dan? What is it that you're uncovering as the member of the baseball FBI? Some type of fraudulent corruption deal, just like the, this. This is so similar to Joe Biden uh, being behind the certain states and in the middle of the night. He Dan, 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 let's not compare this to elections. All right, what do you think? What What do you think happened? Because the giant, this is from a Giants beat reporter, said that the Giants executives said that they had a problem with the physical, and then the doctors disagreed with them, and then the Giants backed out of the deal and he signed with the Mets. So if the Giants come out and say none of that is true, and Steve Cohen stole this player from us, then maybe you have a point. But it doesn't sound like that's what's happening. You just took the words out of my mouth. We don't fully know the details yet. We can't just go off of a beat reporter. You know, it just it just seems fishy. And I don't know why the I don't know why the Mets are. Why are you so to mad about this, Dan? Why are you so That's mad? That's why because it's the Mets. What about Carlos Correa being a Mets? How are the so Mets doing this? Why are the Mets trying to be the Yankees? Why are they trying to? Ding, 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 they have an ding, ding, owner ding. who's got money and he's not afraid to spend it. Well, so all right, so that's that's from that's from WFAN today. And look, it's it's an early Christmas miracle. I'm gonna give Jillio a gift here. Usually, you and I get into arguments about New York as a sports town. Yes. I can't. That might as well have been bonkers from Yonkers. I mean, as honestly, the, as the call. <laughs> honestly, there is no other market like New York to get this to particular. And we've dealt with some crazy conspiracies, like NCAA scandal at North sure. Carolina, whatever it is. But this, this, different. chef's kiss, man. Definitely different. Oh, before you get to number four. Yeah. The Yankees have actually had 16 captains. It's just the first one since Jeter in 14. Oh, okay. But they went through this weird run. Either way, it's the 16th in gotcha. franchise history. Gotcha. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. Have either of your kids ever run up the credit card on yes. microtransactions yes. on a game? Yes. What's the most that you're comfortable saying? I think it was either, was it six grand or eight grand? Wait, your kids spent how much? Wait, what? Yeah. What? No. Hold on. When? Uh, the, what uh, game? What? Battle Royale or? Uh, oh, yeah, like the Clash Royale? Clash Royale. Hold up. Yes. Hold up. Yes. Hold up. I don't think I know this story. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. Now I'm remembering. Six grand? Something like that. That's it crazy. Might even more. That's crazy. Well, uh, Jessica Johnson was on Good Morning America today that over the summer, her son spent a total of $16,293.10 in the Apple App Store purchasing rings on the game Sonic Forces. Johnson said her PayPal account had been linked to the iPad, and she was just, yep. was just buying more turns and buying more turns. Correct. Same thing happened. Apple apparently refunded her a partial amount of the money that they could verify. Okay. Looks like she's still out like six grand of this. So they refunded me back $10,553, adding that she does not know the significance of the dollar amount. Apple confirmed to Good Morning America that it was able to provide Johnson with a refund for all the charges the company was able to identify. I will say, in that certain same situation, Apple gave us a full refund. Okay. But he was... I don't even know. I'm not even sure he was in. Yeah, he was. I think he was like in first or second grade. So he didn't know. He just kept hitting the button. No, but I'm saying like it was the same situation. It was it was it was a credit card? No, I was gonna say it might have been the bank account. But <sighs> buddy, it was nuts. Jeez. Thankfully, I have not ever had to deal with that. Um, because I don't. I have everything on when the kids were borrowing the phone or yeah. they had the iPad. 
and things were tied to the account. I had made it so that you had to sign in every time you wanted to do something transactional. It wasn't an auto payment or like. Yeah, I probably should have had you show me. I how mean, to do that, is it but... is it a pain in the butt that I have to literally yeah. log in? But oh, technology technology's gotten to the point now where I don't worry about it because you got the the face ID. So anytime I need to do some sort of transaction, my phone says, "Oh, it's you, so you're good." Just double click this button. Back then, we didn't have no. that, and it made it a heck it's of bad. a lot easier. Next up. We have a new clubhouse leader. ACC men's basketball Miami takes down Virginia last night, 66-64. Canes are now 3-0 in league play and looking pretty good, Joe. Duke, meanwhile, without Dorica Whitehead, without Derek Lively, ended up losing at Wake Forest, 81-70. What was remarkable there was not the absence of the Duke players. It was the absence of a celebration by Wake Forest fans. Our friend Brett Strelo, who used to be at the Fayetteville mm -hmm. Observer, now works for App State, actually kept keeps a storm court, a court storm count. <laughs> and, I, and we're going to have to check that count to find out the last time Duke lost a game as a ranked team. Mm -hmm. And the, the win was not celebrated with a court storming. Now, I've had some Wake Forest fans point out to me that the students were not there because this game happened over their Christmas break. But still, telling me some Wake Forest adults wouldn't want to storm the court? Beating Duke, right? Now that Krzyzewski's gone, maybe it's different. And in speaking of important games out of league play tonight, Carolina is down in Charlotte taking on Michigan in the Jumpman Invitational. Two, actually three other league games. Yeah. So that 20-game schedule, remember the year that it came into existence in 19, they opened league play with an ACC game. Well, they've now pushed these games into the middle of the holiday schedule. And by they, I mean the ACC network. Back to Wake Forest and Duke. I... It's good for Wake. It's a good. It's a great win for Steve Forbes and what he's been trying to carve out at Wake and kind of bring some life back into that program. Uh, and he's a great quote too. Like I can yeah. hear Steve Forbes talk all the time. Last it is night good because they've lost three of four. Yeah, and yeah. the one win was a buzzer beater over App State. So Steve Forbes made the joke about I think I'm the only coach in the league that's one and one and a half yeah. against John Shire at this point in time because you'll remember John Shire had to fill in for Mike Krzyzewski for a half. So, and then last night, he's got these two guys uh, from the UK. You've got Cam Hildreth and Matthew March. Big games for each of them. Uh, they had, uh, was 16 and 10 for each guy. And he has a nickname, apparently, for these two players. Yeah, I got it. What is that? What is that? Uh, no, what's that egg thing? What's that? Bangers and mash. Bangers and mash. <laughs> <laughs> Dip the no, I think bangers and mash is good. Bangers and mash. What is that? Tell them what bangers and mash is. Sausages, uh, mashed potatoes. There you go. Banger. Mash. I like it. We got bangers and mash. <laughs> Steve Forbes. He's, he's certainly on one. John Shire wants to keep the loss in perspective. That's what I'm certainly doing. They didn't have their two best players, the two guys that are going to make this season something worth watching in the Lost Wake Forest last night. I think all this helps. I mean, being, being in this environment, um, playing shorthanded. I mean, we play, you know, without our full team in about, you know, half our games or whatever it is. And that's, you have to keep perspective, but you also have to hate the result. <laughs> that's part of, you know, what makes you a competitor and as a coach and whether it's as a coach or as a player. And so for us, I think it's important understanding the room we have to grow and we just have to keep going. 
And also we need to address the things that we need to cut out now because there's a sense of urgency in ACC. You have to win these games. You have to win. You have to come back and win against Florida State. You have to win on the road. And so for us, I think it's that balance. But being in this environment, playing in the games leading up to this have been uh, really valuable for us. That's John Shire, head coach Duke. I'm laughing because um, my state fan friends were like, yeah, that's weird. Duke went and played at Wake. They didn't have their two best players. You, you do know when those guys will show up, though, right? Oh, yeah. Was it January 4th? January 4th. January 4th. Over at, at PNC. At, yep. They'll absolutely no, be ready know. to go. I don't know. I mean, you know, Whitehead, the injury before the season, the foot mm-hmm. injury. This is not related to that. You know, he came back to the lineup. Same with Lively. He, he was back in the lineup. This is hard. You know, this is John Shire's first season, and these are guys who are not coming back next year. So you only have them for this very short window. And, you know, to try to get a team to mesh together in this way, it's it's hard. And I don't envy Mike Krzyzewski when he had to do it. Mm-hmm. And he had 40 years of experience, and I certainly don't envy John Shire. I, I will give credit to John Shire, though. You look at the wins that they already have. They're an NCAA tournament team mm-hmm. without their two best players. That's the resume that they have right now. Now, Whitehead did show out against Iowa. Uh, we haven't quite really seen Lively, you know, give us the the full Lively treatment, if you will. But it's hard to get into the tournament. It's, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, you name it. It's hard to get in. And it's definitely hard to get in when you're missing two of your major rotation guys. Next up. Number two. Carolina Hurricanes back atop the Metro Division. Uh, the New Jersey, New Jersey Devils started out the season hot. Uh, the Canes have been hot in their own kind of under-the-radar way, which is strange uh, with this point streak over the last 12 games. Uh, the story for the Carolina Hurricanes has been their defense and Peter Kochekov stepping up. Adam Gold does the Canes Corner podcast. You can listen to that podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Here's two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Let's do that hockey. All right, people, I got two minutes for two people. One of them, starting next year, will make $2 million a year, and he might be one of the best goaltenders in the league. I got two minutes for Coochie. Who doesn't have two minutes for Coochie? Pyotr Kachetkov last night put himself into the annals of the Carolina Hurricanes, not because he made 37 saves in yet another win, his 10th of the season, goals against average, under two, save percentage, 926, top five in the NHL, not because of that, because of this. Well, this is a treat here tonight. The first and second stars joining me on the bench. Piotr, what does this mean to you? Yeah, have fun. Thank you, support, and thank you, fans. What's up? Jacob, two big divisional points over the Devils here tonight, now riding a 12-game streak. What made this win possible? This man right here. Uh, his English isn't good. We're working on it. But Kuchi uh, backstopped us all night, played unbelievable. And Kuchi. Uh, it was the best bench interview since Peter Morazic went, yes, yes, we're in. You remember that, right? You remember the Peter Morazic. I almost called him Piotr Morazic. How about that? He also needs to buy a vowel, by the way. All right, so Kachetkov was great last night. Jacob Slavin was a wizard last night. Jack Hughes had seven shots on goal and four that missed the mark. Jacob Slavin probably took the puck from him a dozen times. 
Slavin was elite. He had two assists. That's what got him his second star of the game. But honestly, he was the best player on the ice without the two assists. That was elite level Jacob Slavin. And by the way, Kachetkov just might be here for good. Freddie Anderson, what are you doing? Come out of the press box, Freddie. Anyway, I got two minutes for that. I got two minutes to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. It's Adam Gold. That's two minutes. Check out the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, if you're Freddie Anderson at this point, you're seeing this team win, I'll take my time. I'm good. Rest up. Might need me down the stretch. You never know. Ah, you're all, you can never have too many goaltenders. No, no. The Canes have done this the last couple of years. Obviously, last year they had all three, and they needed oh, all three. Until Freddie got hurt. They needed all you three. Know? They needed all three last year. Uh, I'll say a couple a couple things about last night. Uh, first and foremost, Jacob Slavin saying Coochie is probably the most wholesome way that, it's ever been said. That sounds like from the Goonies. Yeah, a little bit. You know? A little bit. It's like usually when we say it, it's all like, hee hee. <laughs> Jacob Slavin saying you're going, oh, that's so wholesome. Oh, it's like a warm glass of chunky. Yeah, that does kind of sound like that. But Slavin's also part of the reason why the Carolina Hurricanes have been on this hot streak. Defense and goaltending, man. Yeah. Everybody's been freaking out about the lack of goal scoring. I don't know if the Carolina Hurricanes are going to be able to consistently finish. I don't know. I haven't seen it. There's this idea that I know Luke DeCock brought this up. You know, there's a regression back to the mean or... You're going to get Max Pacioretty at some point in the upcoming season. You're going to add another goal-scoring line. Adam and I were actually talking about that during one of the breaks today. But I just don't know if this team has it in that regard. But that's okay. Because as much as the Canes are creating opportunities they might not be bearing, they're also preventing teams from having chances. They're really elite defensively. And then when you add to that the story with Peter Kochekov, you really got to like the Carolina Hurricanes' chances. They're a hell of a lot of fun to watch. And they're back in action tomorrow night and back home against the Flyers at PNC Arena. Next up. The number one story of the day. We're number one. We're number one. It's National Signing Day and head football coaches have yet another thing that is absolutely ruining the college game despite the fact there's more money flowing into it than there ever has been before and we're about to get an expanded college football playoff because people demand more college football. And oh yeah, by the way, the bowl games in which people say they don't want to watch, they're getting better ratings than just about everything else on ESPN. One million, two million for games you theoretically do not watch. So what's the problem here? Next. It's National Signing Day, or at least the early signing period. We'll have yet another signing day in February, even though most classes are filled out at most places. You'll have some stragglers here and there uh, that'll fill out in February. I think Miami had a guy that was supposed to sign today but didn't sign today, postponed that. It, again, it's there's a lot to keep up with. And the usual suspects are atop the college football recruiting rankings. You'll, you'll see, speaking of Miami, what, they're three in some of those yeah. rankings? Mm-hmm. Texas is in the top five. Alabama, Georgia, Miami, Texas, the Ohio State is your top five. It's the usual suspects, right? Except for Miami being that high. I mean, Miami is usually top 15, but top five, that's... They have three five-star guys. The rankings have not necessarily changed, but the story around the rankings has. First, it was the $100 handshakes. Clearly, something nefarious is going on. 
And then it was, you can come up with any number of reasons why they hired the coach. There was a package deal with this recruit. They offered his guys scholarships, even though they weren't really going to play. There's all sorts of ways that the top stay at the top. But this was the this was the first recruiting cycle that was truly impacted by name, image, and likeness football. and collectives yeah. for mm-hmm. football. And you called this. You've, you've been trying to let people know, hey, if you think it's crazy in basketball, just wait till we see that football money kick in. And this has coaches feeling some type of way. Monday, North Carolina head football coach Mac Brown talked about Drake May, who never entered the transfer portal, and yet there were discussions through back channels about how much he could possibly make at other places if he was to transfer. That made him upset. Mac Brown brought up today that there were five recruits that flipped, and he pointed to name, image, and likeness as the reason. Pat Narduzzi went on a radio show Tuesday and said, I'd been hearing that Drake May was offered $5 million from two schools. That's reckless, by the way. I mean, I can I can be annoyed at Mac Brown for how he's adding to the speculation, but I am absolutely appalled by Pat Narduzzi, the pit head coach, going on a radio show and just willy-nilly throwing $5 million out there related to Drake May. Not saying he's not worth it, just that how do you go about attaching that number to a guy who's not even your player? That's irresponsible in my book. But this is consistent. Ryan Day is complaining about schools that are still going after commitments. Dude, who was who did you just replace at Ohio State? The king of flipping these guys. So even though the rankings stay the same, some of the storylines stay the same, it's the complaints that have changed, Gilio, and name, image, and likeness is that thing this year. You know, I'm kind of laughing because, first of all, you know, you, you see the usual headlines on ESPN so-and-so player flips from Oregon to Notre Dame. Oh, sure, yeah. There was a brouhaha earlier this week because Bo Nix got an extra year of eligibility. Mm -hmm. So Oregon, yes, would rather have a sixth-year quarterback than bring in a true freshman who was their big prize recruit, who, by the way, is now going to UCLA. Well, how long are they going to stay there for? That's my current question with a lot of these guys. Two, Two teams pop out to me here, three of them actually, Michigan State, NC State, and Florida State. You got to scroll down because recruiting rankings are based on numbers, okay, volume, not necessarily quality. When you're Alabama and you're and you're Georgia, you're getting all four and five star guys. It doesn't matter. But when you look further down, you see NC State with 17 recruits. Mm-hmm. You see Florida State with 16, Michigan State with 15. You know what that says to me? Those three teams are going to be active in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. That's what that says to me, because they know what they're losing. And in the case we know with Florida State and NC State, you're losing some older players. And what would you rather do at this point, given the choices? Would you rather bring in an 18-year-old who you're going to have to wait for? Or would you rather bring in a 23, 24, 25-year-old who you know right now is going to help me win at football games? I'd rather go I'd rather go in that direction. I'd rather right? go to the transfer portal. Final question on this. I'll go back to what Mac Brown said about name, image, and likeness. And there's this idea that, well, you're just going to get outspent by schools or collectives. And that, and that is a true factor, right? That, that is a true factor. For some players, you were always going to get outspent anyway. This is true. That's but, the truth. But to me, that is a top level of player. Yeah. And Five stars. How many, how many of those players do you think exist in a class? Oh, you can look it up. Across the country. Yeah, there's not you many. Know, that you think are worth this amount and you can get oh, outspent. Oh, the on. amount. The amount. Yeah. The amount. Okay. There's not that many. We're talking what? 10 guys? 20 guys? I think in football, they... Yeah, I'll look it up for you right now. So either but, way, yeah. but you get my you get my yeah. point. So here's my question. Mac Brown said, and I'm I'm all, I'm not singling out Mac Brown. I'm just using his quote for the example. I just want to make that clear. He said there were five guys that flipped because of name, image, and likeness. Is that because 
they got outspent by another school for these guys, or that in their assessment, look at these five guys and say, well, we think you're worth this much, and we're not going to move beyond that. Now, this is clearly something that has to factor in now. It's another wrinkle to recruiting that coaches have to worry about. I get, all, I'm, I am sympathetic to those issues, but it's the insinuation that coaches are getting at as though they're just like, oh, I can't do anything about this. Actually, you can. We're asking the same question. And that is, where do you want to spend your money? Right. You know, what, what do you get a better value out of getting an older recruit, out of uh, getting a transfer out of the portal than you would by saying, you know, I talked about this with MJ Morris. We've mm-hmm. talked about this all football season. MJ Morris, like if NC State, they prop they are probably going to have to pay MJ Morris money to mm-hmm. keep him. Mm-hmm. Now, if they were able to pay him out of high school in in a contract, guess what? Alabama can't swoop in or Georgia can't swoop that's in. Right. But that's not how it works. So, you know, um, we're asking the same question. What do you want to spend your money on? And and how do you spend it wisely with a collective? I think you've seen, you know, North Carolina just in basketball, you've seen them say we're willing to help our stars cash in on their true name, image, and likeness. At NC State, you've seen them say with their football players and their basketball players, well, we want to hang on to Quavion Smith. Mm-hmm. So they they opened up the pocketbook and they kept him. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. We need yeah. 35 five-stars in this class, by the way. It's about that. Okay, about they, Every year there's about a first-round worth and, of. And they're all to varying degrees of worth, too. Correct. Or value, that, I should yeah, say. It depends on your position. I see that you're out of the Christmas mood. I was cold. You got out of your uh, your theoretical Christmas shirt. I think it was you red and green. How I long tried. have you? How long have you had that shirt? I, probably twenty five years. I'm kind of <laughs> sad that you did not wear that to the holiday Christmas party. Okay, you should have worn that with a blazer over it. All right, oh, maybe, maybe next year. Maybe next year. Then when you pull up, you just gotta go wild and crazy, <laughs> guys, because that's what that shirt looked like. The pattern on that thing did look like an old mesmerizing. Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. It kind of is. Gold will give you a run for his for your money on some of those patterned shirts that he has. Sometimes I wonder if he pulled it right off a uh, if he pulled him right off of a decorative pillow. Ooh, oh yeah, I love a decorative pillow on a shirt though. Hey man, okay, fair enough. We all have to run our own race. Hey, look, I'm not a fashion plate. I'm the one wearing a Zelda hoodie today. I had no idea what that was. But it's Zelda. You didn't play the video games. Back in the day? I did not know what that was. No. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but I'm noticing that about you. You don't know any Christmas movies? No. Like, you didn't see Home Alone? No. Which is strange considering that, you know, you were a Ute mm. when the movie came out. No, I was not. In 1990. Sorry, so Christmas 1990, how old were you? Either 14 or... No, 15 by Christmas, yeah. By Christmas, you were 15. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, Christmas 1990, when that movie came out, I was 11 years old. Yeah. All right, all right. So I'm in this. I'm in the prime age range for that. Yeah, I was in high school when that came out. Did you have like a date to go to no. with to the movies? No. Okay, because I know by that point you were no. you weren't focused on anything other than one thing. Apparently, mm. as you've explained well, to me. Well, you know, I was pretty good at football and basketball in high school too. Oh, okay. I was locked in. Ah, that's what it was. You yeah. didn't have you didn't have time for life's distractions mm. to go see a precocious. Definitely not in uh, my freshman year. I actually broke my hand at the end of my freshman okay football season so my, my basketball season got a late start so this is this is what fascinates me when you missed the time frame in which 
you were supposed to watch the movies, how does that impact your viewing later after everybody's talked it well, up? Well, but then I didn't have HBO, so sure. it was like a, you'd have sure. to go to the theater. I didn't have a car till I was a senior in college. So I have a homework assignment for you. Yeah, I'm not going to do it, I though. want you to watch Home Alone. Because there was some other do movie it. that you wanted me to watch, too, and it was... I, I, I will... What's the one with, with uh, the guy from the HBO show? The brother, Kier, Kiernan. Kieran. Oh, what, was Succession? Succession. Yeah. Is he in this one? No. Is he, Then he's in Home Alone 2? Uh, no, I don't think so. It says on the IMDb he, when I looked it up before that he was he in, in one it? of them. Oh, maybe he is. Maybe he's one of the siblings. I don't yeah. remember. Honestly, I don't remember. Okay. Um, regardless, I just do me a favor. I want you to watch Home I, Alone. I don't, I, I don't like lying to you, Joe. Okay, fine. So I don't want to lie to you. See, I, I enjoy, like, I think it was last Halloween I had never seen Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. Okay. And be like, how could you never say? And did you, you watch never, it? I've watched and it. And did you like it? I thought it. I thought it held up. I thought it held up. That's with it was an, Jamie it, Lee Curtis. No, no, it's got Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker, and oh, I okay. forgot the other actress's name. Apologies. That's not the one with Lindsay Lohan where they switch bodies. Oh no, that's that's Freaky, that's Friday. Freaky Friday. Is that Jamie Lee Curtis? That is Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I never seen that one either. So, like, I had never seen Sandlot. Uh, yeah, oh, I went back and watched that, yes. So I went back and I watched Sandlot, because I was in your position for Sandlot. I was too old by the yeah. time Sandlot came out, so it was not something I was necessarily interested in. I watched it with the kids. They thought it was amusing. I'm like, all right, so it still connects. Here's the movie that I watched and I didn't get, and it's on TV all the time, and I know there's a sequel to it, Christmas Story. Yeah, I've never seen that either. Christmas Story, I know Christmas Story because of all the cultural signifiers to Christmas Story, like the kid... You know, you, you'll shoot your eye out, or the leg lamp, or the kid uh, that on a dare. Three that came out. Okay, so I was four years old when that movie came out, so I wasn't in the, I wasn't old enough to really appreciate it. And then the movie just kind of went away. But something happened along the way where they would show it on TNT on a loop, mm-hmm. and I think it forced people to fall in love with it after multiple <laughs> viewings. So I, I went and watched it, and I was like, I don't get it. Like, why does this movie resonate with people so much? When I already know all the cultural signifiers, so I guess I didn't really need to watch it, like including the kid who sticks the tongue on the frozen uh, light pole, right? And he's just stuck there for a long time. Like, I guess those things got consumed in clips, so it was not necessarily something I needed to watch. Like, Star Wars is probably like that for a lot of people. You've, you've seen all this stuff all the time. You don't need to watch it. But that movie didn't necessarily stick for me. All this is tied to a story that I read Earlier this week, related to how all these new Christmas movies that are coming out have not resonated with current audiences. I think Will Ferrell just put out a new movie called like Spirited. Him and Ryan Reynolds. Right, it's a musical, right? I haven't seen it yet, but the reviews were whatever. And they used Elf as an example of classics Mm-mm. that people would rather watch than, say, Spirited. Two things came to mind. The first one was... In my head, I don't feel like Elf is that old, <laughs> but it is. <laughs> but it also reminded me when Elf came out, people were like, this isn't a good movie. It doesn't hold up with the classics. Now what do you see? You see Buddy the Elf, inflatables everywhere. The movie shows up on Freeform all the time and people watch it. You see the gifs of Santa, I know him, like all that stuff, right? So- Let's. The, the point here is that Christmas classics become Christmas classics because they become something you watch all the time. Like Christmas Vacation did not do well in the box office when it came out, and yet 
Christmas Vacation is something you got to watch. You've you've at least seen that, right, Joe? <laughs> I'm not trying to anger you. I've just, I've, I've not seen Elf. Come on, <laughs> come seen... on. Christmas. I've seen Regular Vacation. Does that count? No. A holiday run. No, no, it doesn't. Go to break. Come back. <laughs> I didn't do it on purpose.